Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. December 19th, 2018. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, what a difference a week makes in the Philly sports world. The Eagles live to play another day with Nick Foles at quarterback beating the Rams. The Flyers have a new coach in Scott Gorman, Gordon. And a new gold sender in Carter Hart that I know you're thrilled about and has the city buzzing today. The Sixers played like they were an average team this week, and Manny Machado is doing Philadelphia tomorrow to talk to the Phillies. There's never a dull moment. Yeah, that's the great thing, Bill. There is almost never a shortage of topics for us here on Philly Press Box Radio, and we will have plenty to say about all of those things you mentioned, so we got a busy hour ahead of us. We sure do, and, you know, there's – there's so much to talk about, Chip, but, you know, the, the easy thing was to start with Nick Foles, but then Carter Hart's uh, appearance last night certainly uh, had things going. But let's talk about Foles. Let's talk about the Eagles getting that huge win in L.A. Sunday and keeping their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, you know, we all picked against the Eagles, of course, last week, as pretty much 98% of America did, because who would have thunk it? I mean, we found out about six hours before last week's show that Carson Wentz had a back issue and might have to miss the game on Sunday, which, of course, happened. The betting line went from, I think, minus 7 or 8 for the host Rams to minus 13. So, naturally, Foles starts, leads the birds to an upset win, keeps the team in the playoff hunt, and in the process sparks a little quarterback controversy. I love it. <laughs> well, and, you know, I know you were kind of just throwing a number out there about that 98, but the, the number actually in the books was 88% of the money went to the Rams, and the houses cleaned up oh. um, because only 12% of the people took the Eagles. So, And there was a lot of money being thrown around. And, you know, we, we talked about this on our show last week when we were making our picks that even though we none of us really thought the Eagles would win that game, that was still a lot of points, 14 points, uh, 12, 14, wherever it ended up was a lot of points in an NFL game. Yeah, that, that's crazy. And I'll tell you, it was a fun game, too. And the Eagles played really, really well for three quarters. They made it a little too interesting in the fourth quarter. But uh, a great win. And as we said, it keeps them alive. And, you know, hey, with the way the season's gone, you can't ask for more than that, to still be in the playoff hunt going into Week 16. Yeah, who, who'd have thought? You know, uh, the Giants get shut out. 
the Cowboys get shut out. Those teams stink, Chet. And somehow, Washington, who's on one leg, uh, they managed to pull out a nice win. Yeah, with their, what, fourth or fifth quarterback of the season. So the NFL can be a strange animal, and I'm sure the league likes when that kind of stuff happens. And I really like the Cowboys getting shut out, and I would love to see that happen again this week, but I don't know if Tampa Bay is up to that. We'll talk about that later. Well, yeah, and I will tell you, I heard just on the 6 o'clock news uh, that Deshaun Jackson, who has missed the last three weeks, this is a tip for Fred Fred, uh, a little bit later, uh, Deshaun Jackson is back after missing three weeks. Um, he's headed to, to Dallas. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I would love to see Deshaun helping out his former teammates in Philly. That would be great to see. I don't know if it's going to happen, but you never know. You never know. That's right. Well, hey, Chad, I'm telling you, I'm excited to continue this Eagles discussion. We have a special guest, Philly.com columnist Bob Brookover joining us tonight. Bob, welcome back to the show. Hey, Bob, this is Chet. And, yeah, we're going to talk Phillies with you uh, eventually, but we do have to lead with the Eagles. It's been an up-and-down, injury-filled season. And in something of a sequel to last year, Nick Foles is back in the quarterback spot. And after upsetting the Rams, they're somehow still at 7-7 seven and seven in the playoff hunt. So what are you feeling about this team at this point? Well, I'm feeling what I didn't think was possible two weeks ago, that they, they could make the playoffs. I didn't think it was possible after they, they lost to the Cowboys. But, you know, you they, I didn't think they had a real chance in L.A., and I really didn't think they had a chance when, and when Nick Foles became the quarterback because, he, you know, you thought he'd be rusty. But here we are. Uh, Nick Foles performs his magic again. <laughs> you know, and now they have a decent shot of making the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's all going to come down to the, you know, can, can they win this week? Because I think they do win the last week. And do the Vikings lose one of those last two games? I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about to me. Yeah. Of course, the big debate on talk radio this week, is Nick Foles somehow a better quarterback for this team at this time, you know, for whatever reason? And what happens if the Birds win the final couple of games with Foles and make the playoffs, but Carson Wentz is deemed healthy? I mean, what would happen in that situation, Bob? Oof, that's, a, that's a great one. I mean, I think at this point, you know, because Doug Peterson's on record as saying, he, you know, he needs three months rest. It gives him the out to say, you know what, we're just going with, with, with Nick Foles here for the rest of the season. We care too much about Nick Foles, uh, Carson Wentz's future, to risk him aggravating or making this thing worse. And so I, I just think that gave him the out to go with Nick Foles the rest of the, rest of the way. And, uh, you know, I think that's the way to go right now anyway. You know, let, Nick, let, let, let Carson Wentz rest. Let him rest his mind and his body. Uh, I still think he's the better quarterback. You know, if you wanted to take that scenario out another step and say, what happens if Nick Foles, by miracle of miracles, took the Eagles on another Super Bowl run and you show up then in training camp, uh, what would you do then? <laughs> that would, that, you know, I think what would happen then is they would build a chapel for Nick Foles and make him the mayor, the governor, uh, <laughs> and the and Carson Wentz might be in some trouble then. <laughs> well, hey, Bob, I, I always find it interesting when you, in the NFL, when you have these teams that, you know, the, the Eagles, for some reason, just felt like they could run the football and that they could handle that Rams defensive front with Aaron Donald and uh, with Sue, you know, not to take anything away from what Carson Wentz did, but that game was one up front. They were able to run the football. They were able to pass protect much better 
than they have in some games. They did the same thing in the Giants. They just hunkered down and got after them. Um, and then some games they look like they're a bunch of bunch of kids out there that can't block anybody. And the, the, the game plan, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. The game plan up front was terrific in this game. They, you know, they, they said they decided that you know Sue couldn't beat them, but Donald could. So they just every play Donald had two guys on him, uh, and if he didn't. He didn't have anybody on him until he was trap-locked. Uh, the scheme there was just terrific. Um, I, I think Fletcher Cox showed up saying, thinking, you know, hearing way too much about Aaron Donald and said, you know what, they're, they're going to see another pretty good defensive tackle tonight. He was played out of his mind. Uh, the, the other thing, I don't, I don't think enough people are giving Corey Unlin credit for what happened that night, uh, what happened Sunday night, because yeah. – We've got to remember what a disaster this defensive backfield injury situation has been. And those guys look like seasoned pros. I mean, they were they were in the right spot at the right time. They were they played great on run fits. They played great in the secondary. And that, to me, was an underrated part of what happened Sunday night, too, just how well that unit played. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was something to watch that game. Yeah, Avante Maddox and all these other guys that we're not overly familiar with, uh, they did LeBlanc, play well for LeBlanc, sure. I mean, they, yeah. they really did. It, it was it was an amazing thing to watch because I mean, it, these guys weren't you know weren't even thought about as NFL players four weeks ago. So, what do you expect this Sunday offensively? Do you think they'll go with the same kind of game plan? Maybe you know a fifty-fifty run uh, pass ratio, or will you try something different against the Texans? It seems like the thing that works best for Nick Foles is those RPOs. I mean, you know, him having the option of handing that ball off or, or, or throwing it and making quick decisions off those RPOs. It's, you know, I thought he was great at it last year during the postseason run. I thought he was great at it again the other night, you know, and he just showed a real toughness. So, yeah, I, I, I think you're going to see a very good similar game plan against another a really tough defensive line that maybe – maybe better than the, the one they just faced and then certainly at least as good. So it, it will not be an easy game for, for the Eagles on Sunday by any means. Because the Texans are coming in as a motivated team looking at a potential buy. So it's, you know, the Eagles cannot let up here. Uh, it's going to be a very difficult game Sunday. Hey, Bob, one of the things that I've been talking about for about the last three weeks here on the show with Chet is that, uh, I keep waiting for an Alshon Jeffrey coming out party. Um, little did I know it was going to take a new quarterback to make that happen. And uh, unfortunately, we had to listen to Chris Collinsworth tell us about it about 100 times, but uh, <laughs> that Zach Ertz was not the target, and the target was Alshon Jeffrey. Thought it was great to see Jeffrey have that breakout game, and uh, they need him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he is such a difference maker because he just – he can win those 50-50 balls, and, and to, to have a receiver like that is so huge, and it just doesn't it, – it didn't seem like they were using him enough, uh, and it, it hasn't seemed like they've used Golden Tate enough since they've, they've gotten him as a weapon. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good receiving core. It really is when you, when you factor in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard for that matter. It's a very good receiving core. Uh, there, are, there are certainly enough weapons. That they don't have a great individual back by any means, but there are certainly enough weapons on that offense that they should they should have been all year scoring more than they have. Uh, that that will be the great mystery of this season, you know, what happened to the offense, why wasn't the offense more effective. Uh, but, you know, they, they've got a chance in these next two weeks to, to 
uh, erase a lot of that and say, to me, you know, obviously if the Eagles get in, everybody's going to want to win that playoff game. But to me, if they got in, you'd have to consider this season success if they just got into the playoffs. Hey, Bob, one final Eagles question I have for you. The the other change, I, I think, and, and I'll go back to what you just said, one of the mysteries to me about scoring points. I was, I'm was i not a real fan of Samalo. Uh, apparently, he outplayed Wisniewski. He took Wisniewski's job. Wisniewski's back in there. The offense is better. The offensive line is better. Um, is, is there that big a difference between those two guys that uh, they, they – they uh, gave that job to Samala early on. You know, it, it just, it, I think Lewinsky's career has kind of been like that. You know, like he, he's always had to prove uh, he belongs. And sometimes the only way for him to do that is for the other guy to prove that he doesn't belong. And, you know, he, he keeps, when given a chance, he keeps um, coming up and playing at a high level. Um and we've seen it since he's been here, and I think it was true before he got here. And I don't know why it is, is the case with him, but, you know, he certainly played a terrific game the other night. Hey, Bob, before we switch it up and talk Phillies, let me get your prediction. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Whew, I, you know, I, I think the Eagles will will squeeze one out. Watson, Sean Watson, certainly talent. There's a lot of talent on that Houston team. The one thing they have trouble scoring in the red zone. I just think the Eagles are a very motivated team right now. Uh you know, it's a, they, they've given away a lot of games at home this season, um, you know, and that's why they're in the position they're in. This is a chance for them to go out um, go out at home with a big performance, and I, and I think we're going to see that this weekend at the, at the link. I hope you're right. All right, a little Phillies talk. Uh, first off, Bob, how would you like the two major off-season moves the Phillies have made thus far, the trade for shortstop Gene Segura and the signing last week of free agent outfielder Andrew McCutcheon? Um, I'll, I'll answer that like this. I like them if. Um, I like both moves if. I, I think they have upgraded their shortstop position, which they badly needed to do. Um, you know, they played, tried to play Scott King. They tried to start the season with J.P. Crawford there. Uh, he slumped early. Then, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget that at a certain point they had given up on Franco and they were going to play start playing Crawford at third. And that was in early June, late May. And Crawford got uh, hurt, so he opened things back up to Franco. It made it so Kingery was the regular shortstop. It didn't work. Um, you know, did Kingery get better defensively? The Phillies would tell you, yeah, he probably he did. He he got better, uh, but he, he didn't become a great shortstop all of a sudden. And he certainly didn't hit enough to warrant being in the lineup every day. Um, so they needed to upgrade there, and they did that with Gene Segura, who's the guy who's going to get you a lot of hits. He's not a not a high on base guy, but a guy who can put the ball in the gap. Uh, a, a good fielder, not a great one, but a solid shortstop. Uh, so I, I like that move. Uh, obviously, I like the fact that they got sent Santana elsewhere and opened the first base up for, for Hoskins, which is really where he belongs. I, I like to joke that, you know, you can never get the analytics people and the, the old school people to agree, but the old school people looked at it with their eyes, and the analytics people looked at it with their numbers, and they came to an agreement. Reese Hoskins didn't belong in left field. Uh, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. There you so, go. Uh, so, that, so I like that move. And I, and I like McCutcheon. I think McCutcheon brings a, a sense of leadership. I will be interested to see. I mean, their, their theory is he's going to – his first time in a hitter's park and last year after playing in a really tough hitter's park, 
that he will thrive. He has hit. He has hit. Oddly, he's hit more home runs at Citizens Bank Park than he has it at AT and T Park, where which was his home park last season. He has more career home runs at Citizens Bank. Uh, so he's always hit well there. And he's a leader. Uh, still, you know, just talking to people I know in San Francisco, they said he, in a very tough right field. That's a, probably the toughest right field, at least in the National League. I don't see enough of the all the American League parks, but you know, that's a really tough right field to play. And from the reports I got, he played played it great. So um, I think they made themselves better defensively, offensively. The if uh, I like those moves if they go get one of these big guys um, because then, you know, if, if it's Manny Machado, then all of a sudden you might have one of the best, well, you, you do in my estimation, have one of the top five infields in the major leagues at that point um, with Manny Machado at third base. And, and if you go get Bryce Harper, you have one of the best middle of the lineups, you know, a top 10 middle of the lineup, uh, in baseball. So, you know, to me, they're, those two moves are good starts. Let's see what happens from here. And and I also think they need to, you know, add, add one of these big relief pitchers and Andrew Miller, Zach Britton. And I'd still like to see him add another arm. Um, you know, I, I think they, I think they undersold Jay Happ a little bit. I think he would have really helped this rotation. I would have given him that third year that they, they didn't want to give him. Uh, you know, because I just think the inexperience of the staff just showed up so much at the end of the season. And I know Jake Area and it was part of the collapse too. Um, and I don't know why that is. I think he'll be better this year than he was last year. I, he was good for four months this last year, but I think he'll be better next year. Um, and I, you know, if you can get one more bullpen arm, one more starting pitcher, a quality starting pitcher, and one of the big big guys, you know, I think you're, I think you're a playoff contender. If you don't go do that, then, you know, and I think you're a division winner contender, but if you don't go make those moves, I, you know, I think you're, if you're lucky, you're a wild card team. And, and, and and you need some luck. A lot of things to go right at that point. Well, you, you mentioned a lot of names there and I guess Machado is due in town tomorrow. At least that's the, that's the story. And, uh, these guys uh, obviously are being courted by the guys that have all the money in the world. How many, how many of these guys do you really think they can get or, or are going to get to open the vault up? Uh, Cause that's what it's going to take. Certainly. Well, I mean, it seems like right now it's going to, it's the three teams that he's going to visit. There's, there's talk about a mystery team. I don't know who that would be for Machado. Um, you know, you can always you can always make your guesses as the teams with tons of money, as the as the Dodgers or the Cubs, a team like that. You know, he doesn't. You know, Machado doesn't seem to really fit with the Cubs. Uh, I, I guess you could, you know, you can move things around a little bit if you want. But uh, and the Dodgers are getting uh, the shortstop back, so I don't see him being a great fit there either. Um, so, you know, right now it looks like the White Sox, the Phillies, and the Yankees are the the three teams. Very interesting. Very interesting. And, and I'm with you on the arms. I guess I'm, uh, I'm anxious to see how that's going to play out, um, because they just need so much help there, I think. Don't you? We're trying to reconnect here with Bob. 
Jeff Hill, you're there. Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay. Yes, sir. Ah, I don't know. Maybe somebody didn't pay their phone bill. I don't know. But let's get to the, <laughs> the pitching. Uh, Patrick Corbin's off the board. Yavaldi, Hap, Morton, Lynn. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is still available. I heard a report they might even go after a Corey Kluber from the Indians. I don't know about that. Uh, will they get a starting pitcher? Who's it going to be? Um, you know, if, if it was going to be one, I would love for it to be Kluber. I think that, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's the class of the bunch for sure. Um, you know, I, I saw they, they were, they were asking for Nick Senzel from the Reds. Uh, the, um, Indians are asking for Nick Senzel from the Reds, which is a big ask. So I imagine they would probably be asking for a Sixto Sanchez um, from the Phillies or somebody of that elk, uh, because you're talking about a guy who's close to the big leagues. And so, um, you know, but maybe I do that if I'm if I think I'm ready right now. The, the great thing about Kluber is you you get him for three years. He's uh, he's signed for, for, through 2021. So, I mean, I I don't know if Sixto Sanders is ever going to be as good as Corey Kluber is right now. So I'm yeah. like, I might be, I might be willing to make that move. I might be willing to to pay high for him. Um, you know, I don't know what interests other teams have in players like Franco and even Kingery uh, or Nick Williams. You know, but certainly all those guys or Dubo Herrera for that matter. You know, but certainly all those guys can be mixed into a deal right now. Um, you know, so if you want to add prospects plus big league ready guys, you, the Phillies have the ability to do that. Um, I don't think they're real high on Dallas Keuchel. Um, I think just because he's, he seems to have lost some velocity, he's pitching a lot more to contact than he has been in the past. Um, I, I would still like him here. I still think he's a professional who knows how to pitch, and that need for a lefty is so uh, evident in, in this rotation. I, you know, I, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I, I just think they really need to upgrade the rotation with one starter. I really do. Bob, one final Phillies question for you from me: uh, Mikel Franco, and, and you just mentioned Odubel Herrera. Um, how do you see their future? Are they are they going to get packaged up? Are they even going to be on this ball club? Uh, you know, it it seems like they've kind of kind of given up on those two. Well, if I had to bet on one of the two being here, the, the one I would bet on is is Adubo Herrera because I, you know, I I think they really still see some talent in him. Um, I think they're really. I know that. I know they're really. I mean, Gabe Kapler's going and visiting them and had long talks with him about, you know, how talented he is and how he needs to apply himself to become the player they think he can be. Uh, I don't, you know, obviously if they went and got him Machado, which is who I, the guy I think they want more than Harper, um, you know, at that point Franco would not be here anymore. So, I, you know, if I had to bet one or the other, I would say Udu will be here and, and Franco won't. All right. Well, Bob, we've run out of time. We certainly appreciate you joining us, and happy holidays to you and your family. You too, Jeff. Jeff, Bill. Great, great talking to you. Thanks, Bob. All right, Bob. Thanks. All right, see you guys. 
All right, joined now by Chris Gaskell from the Irish Rover Station House. Hello, Chris. How are you? I am great. How are you, Chet? Good. Hopefully you're in the holiday spirit. I know you got something big coming up this Thursday evening at the Irish Rover. What is it? It is our annual ugly sweater party, and every year it gets better and better. This year, Miller Lite has been dropping off boxes and boxes of ugly sweaters, scarves, mittens, socks. It's awesome. It's so much fun. We have karaoke this year. Miller Lite will be here buying some beers for everybody. We're going to sing. I can't promise it's going to be good, but it's a really fun night. Now, I'm going to stop by. Is the place all decorated? Is it festive? Oh, it's as festive as you can get in here. We love tinsel. (laughs) Hey, Chris, do you personally have any go-to Christmas music? I am a huge fan of Brian Sensor and his orchestra. I think his Christmas albums are so fantastic. It's like a staple at my house. You can't go wrong with Brian Sensor. I saw those guys a couple of weeks ago in Philly, and they are terrific. Absolutely. Join Chris and me and everybody else who's going to be there for the Ugly Sweater Party. It's Thursday evening, 7 to 10 p.m. at the Irish Rover Station house bellevue avenue in langhorn find them on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com and how about a little brian setzer orchestra music for you oh the weather outside is frightful but the fire is so delightful and since we've no place to go let it snow let it snow let it snow you know chet one of the fun things about doing this show is people probably think that this is all pre-planned and orchestrated, but I just never know what you're going to come up with on the music side. <laughs> well, it's the week before Christmas, so I had to do something holiday-oriented, and I did see Brian Setzer Orchestra a few weeks ago, and they were great. So the fact that Chris liked them as well, I, I had to go with some Brian Setzer. Well, you know, if uh, if you were looking out for me today, you could have said singing in the rain because that's what we were up against today. Oh, really? Hey, you well, bet. you know what? Since- before we jump into any other topic, uh, let me do something right here, because since we're talking about music and Christmas songs, yesterday was Keith Richards' 75th birthday, as you know. So we talked about Mick Jagger turning 75 back in July. Yesterday was Keith Richards' turn. And you know I'm a big Stones fan, and uh, Keith had a little hit with this several years ago, so a little Run Run Rudolph from Keith Richards for you right now. What do you think? <laughs> And remember, Bill, we've got to do our best to leave the planet in good shape for Keith Richards because he's going to outlive all of us. <laughs> hey, and, but Ray, Ray quit smoking. Yes, he did. <laughs> all right. Oh, hey, Chet, the Dave Hextall, or maybe we should say the Ron Hextall era is now officially over. The Carter Hart era has begun. Flyers came out with Scott Gordon behind the bench, Hart in the goal, and played a solid 60 minutes of hockey last night yeah they did indeed and you know it was a big deal even for me when I watched two full periods of hockey the second and third periods I watched two periods of a hockey game in December and it was on at the same time as the voice finale so you know how invested I was in that game but yeah lots of changes in recent days Hackstall gone as head coach Scott Gordon on board as interim coach Carter Hart as you said playing pretty well in his debut 20 saves on 22 shots and helping the Flyers get a much-needed 3-2 win. They really did need that one. Uh, They played well in front of number 79, for sure. Well, and there certainly was a lot of buzz in the arena uh, at the Wells Fargo. They were, uh, shoot, he'd make a routine stop, and the the fans were going crazy. Uh, He got quite a hand when he was named the number one star of the game, and uh, he had a big smile on his face. It was fun watching his parents. It was just a fun, fun night. 
for the Flyers last night. Yeah, it really was. First ever Flyer to wear number 79, by the way. You don't see a whole lot of number 79s anywhere in hockey. Uh, but I like this kid, as you know. Uh, I got to meet him this summer, I, and I wished him good luck. And I, I realized at the time I was like three times as old as him. It made me a little depressed, actually. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to be good, I think. You know, this is their sixth goalie that they've played in, like, what, uh, 35 games or whatever. So let's yeah. hope they don't have any more goalies this season. Let's hope Carter Hart sticks around. I don't know if he's going to play, you know, the bulk of the time, but I think he's going to play at least half the time. And I really hope he does well. He's a good kid, and I hope he has a great future with this team. Yeah, and, and Chet, I wanted to ask you, um, I don't know if you saw the interview with Scott Gordon last night. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. Because they were asking him about Carter Hart. And and obviously, as if you're coaching in the the highest level of the minor leagues, you've got a lot to say about who comes up and you know your evaluation. And his evaluation was uh, when they made one of those other moves when they went down and got his guys that uh, Carter Hart wasn't ready. And within about two weeks, three weeks of just solid play, is what changed his mind. He was he was a borderline guy just a couple weeks ago in his own coach's mind. Yeah, and then he went 4-1 and one over his last five games with Lehigh Valley. Definitely played a lot better than he did at the start of the season. He's going to have you know a rough game here or there, I'm sure. But uh, I have faith in this kid. And I did not see the interview with Scott Gordon. I didn't even know a whole lot about Scott Gordon. I couldn't have told you who Scott Gordon was until you know uh, Sunday or Monday. So uh, I hope he does well, um, Mr. Gordon. I don't know how long he's going to be there. Are they going to hire a new guy you know, in the next few weeks? Is he going to be there the entire season? I don't know. I don't know what's going on if Joel... Quenville is still a possibility down the road. Who the heck knows? But they got the win last night, and I hope they get a few more to at least make things interesting this season. Well, and I'll tell you this. Uh, not only was I impressed with Gordon behind the bench last night, he was coaching them up, and uh, I like that. And But I'm also really impressed with Chuck Fletcher and the interviews I've seen with him. He, uh, he is a no-nonsense, very what seems to be a very – thorough guy who's going to do the right things. And I really, really was impressed with what I've seen of him. I'm, I, I like the crew we've got right now. Now, obviously it's very early. Yeah. And we'll see if he makes any trades because, you know, he's got uh, the next month, month and a half to really evaluate the talent that's on the team right now and decide if, you know, they don't have a playoff shot, do you trade away a Wayne Simmons or a Jake Voracek or one of those guys? So Fletcher's got a lot of decisions to make over the next six weeks. He sure does. And, uh, and I'll tell you, the, the vets had a little uh, jump in their step, too, last night. And uh, they, they interviewed, actually, all three of them, uh, Jeru, Voracek, and, and Simmons answered the game. And they all basically said, yeah, the kid, the kid brought a little spunk to things. And, uh, you know, and watching, watching the end, Chad, I just have to throw this out because I have to. When I saw Carter Hart being interviewed, I didn't know if he was smiling because he won or if he was smiling because he was being interviewed by Taron Hatcher. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Taron Hatcher is on the full-time Flyers beat now, and uh, I'm sure the Flyers are pretty happy about that, the players. <laughs> well, I, that's what I'm thinking because, like I said, Carter, <laughs> Carter certainly had a smile on his face. But Carter's All too right. young for her. Uh, I hear you. Well, hey, Chet, moving on. If, yeah. wait, we digress there. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA. 
You know it, Bill. It is true. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie. He's dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Click on the Allstate banner on our Philly Press Box Radio website or just call Dave directly, 610-430-0700. It's Dave Lavoie at Allstate Insurance in Westchester, 610-430-0700. No Christmas music, Chad. Not for Fred. Heck no, this is Fred Hugo football music. Welcome back, Mr. Expert. It's playoff fantasy football. It's championship fantasy football. Yes, I'm in uh I made it in three out of my seven leagues, so I'm excited. Wow. So is is that a one on one thing, the championship? You just go against one other team? Yep, the championship, it's whoever made it kinda had the playoffs, it's a bracket, like a wild card, and then it's like a semifinal, and then the final, most finals are this week, and then it comes down to two teams. One on so, one. so, what you're saying, Fred, is you know a lot more about fantasy football than you do about predicting <laughs> NFC East games. Hey, I think I, I got you guys last week, so you we, we should save that for another week. week. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that in a few minutes. Talk hey, fantasy hey, first. Hey, Fred, I, I do have one one thing I want to ask you before you get involved in your picks here. Uh, I keep seeing this chirping coming from that Danny Bevins guy. And I'm just wondering how you're doing in the league where you're, where you're head up with him because he sure does chirp uh, quite a bit. Well, that league was a 20-team free league, and I, I'll never do a free league again, to be honest with you. It was kind of an experiment. He did well. Um, I got knocked out in the first round of that league, and neither of us made the championship. And there's, there's quite a bit of few Eagles fans in there. But the one guy that won, his name's uh, Cecil Waters. He he's uh, the 49ers fan. He won um, the championship in that one. So. Gotcha. So the chirping is over. That that's the important thing. I, I can't stand. Yeah, that. yeah, it's done because he face. he started to lose. He started to lose, and then it it disappeared. He was like Cowboys fan. He started to lose, and then he disappeared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, sir. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah, fantasy this week. Um, a lot of injuries. So most teams, if you're in the championship now you know who your roster is, so I don't have to go through that. But I'll just hit hit on some of the injuries and who you might be able to pick up. So the, at the quarterback spot, I, I just found out, I just read it on ESPN, Cam Newton, they're going to shut him down for the season. Yeah. So if he was your quarterback, you're you're in the championship, you need to find someone. So I, I looked around. I, I think Case Keenum could be a nice pickup against the Raiders. Josh Allen against the Patriots. And who I really like, who's been who's been playing well, especially fantasy wise, point wise, is Baker Mayfield at home against Cincinnati. All all three are probably on the waiver wire. You can grab them at the quarterback spot if you're out of quarterback. Running back, there's some injuries as well. Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers was put on IR. Uh, Spencer Ware's questionable. Gurley did not practice. Sean McCoy was out last week. He's questionable this week. There's quite a bit here. Lamar Miller's questionable, Melvin Gordon. So I looked on the waiver wire there. Um, there's there's some, some, some options there. you got Jamal Williams for the Packers you could pick up. Um, Elijah McGuire of the Jets, he scored in back-to-back weeks. And then other than that, you, I would just go find whoever the backup is for those questionable uh, running backs. So for Gurley, you would grab John Kelly. Uh, Lamar Miller, you would grab Alfred Blue. And then for Spencer Ware, you would, you would grab Damian Williams. 
Wide receiver spot, uh, Keenan Allen, he got injured in the game last week. He may be out this week. I would look to pick up uh, Mike Williams or Tyrell Williams there for the Chargers. You also have Deshaun Hamilton of the Broncos. He's emerging as their, their go-to guy, kind of like their, their Emmanuel Sanders type type player. Uh, Marquise Valding-Scantling, who, who kind of disappeared this year because Randall Cobb, when Randall Cobb plays. Well, Randall Cobb's in concussion protocol. If you need, like, a flex-wide receiver, someone to grab, go pick him up. And this guy, I've, I've said it on this show about three or four weeks in a row, he's still available in, in, in about 40% of leagues. Dante Pettis had another great game for the 49ers. Go go grab him. At the tight end spot, there's not many injuries. Jordan uh, Reed is out, and I wouldn't pick up Vernon Davis because they have a bad matchup. I would go look for Evan Ingram, who's had a ton of targets for Eli, back-to-back 70-yard weeks. And then also um, David Njoku. He's, he's had three down weeks, so he may be available. He has a great matchup against the Bengals. And then um, as far as defensively, I, I really like the Texans against the Eagles this week. It's, it's, it's really defense and special teams. I'm not necessarily saying on the defense side. It's kind of a gut feel. I think that DeAndre Carter, he, he's been doing well there make it a punt return on the Eagles. And then uh, the Falcons D against the Panthers because Cam's out, as well as the Colts D against the Giants. But that's basically what I like for fantasy or who I think you should pick up. Good luck to everyone that's still left. Hey, Fred, I, I left you a tip early on in the show. But you weren't on yet, but uh, Deshaun Jackson will be back in action after missing three weeks this week, and he's headed to Dallas to uh, take care of the business out there. I bet we'll talk about that at pick time. <laughs> All right. It's NFC prediction time, as we say. And, Chet, uh, we still stink. What are our records at this point? We don't stink as bad as the Giants, though. Another epic weekend, guys. Fred's surprising pick of the Redskins over the Jags did pay off. I didn't think anybody would pick the Redskins. Fred did. He shocked me, and it paid off. He went 3-1. and one. I went 2-2. Two and two. And, Bill, you picked the stinking Giants, so you went 1-3. and three. So now the standings have me in first place at an incredibly mediocre 28-28. and 28. Both of you guys are now two games back at 26-30. and 30. We are good. Okay, but we, could, we could pick a one-horse race, and I would not get it right this year. I have not, yeah. just not been able to get it right. It's been okay. that kind of year. Here we go. We got Redskins coming off that surprise win. They visit Tennessee Saturday afternoon. Titans minus 10. Tampa Bay at Dallas, Dallas minus seven. Giants visit Indianapolis. The Colts are minus nine after a huge stomping of the Cowboys. And the Houston Texans, as I said, come to the link to face the Eagles, Eagles minus two. So, Fred, get us started. Redskins at Tennessee, the Titans minus ten in that game. Yeah, the only reason I picked the Redskins last week is because the Jaguars stink too. And that it seems like they've just given up. And Cody Kessler's not much of anything. They had a mobile quarterback. Um, they still stink, and they still are severely injured. So there's no shot they beat the Titans Titans all day. This will probably be a blowout. I was hoping you'd pick the Skins again, but I, I knew you wouldn't. Yeah, i got to pick the Titans, too. They're favored by 10 for a reason. Titans it is. Titans it is. is are you saying that the Rams were the 14-point favorite over the Eagles for a reason, too? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Tampa Bay at Dallas. Dallas minus seven, Fred. As you said, Deshaun Jackson is back to spread the field. 
It is December, fellas. And what does Dallas do in December? December, Dallas, December, <laughs> or in December, Dallas chokes, almost like I just choked saying it. Um, I think Tampa's going to go down here. They could lose. I think it's going to be a close game. Certainly not. I think it was like a seven-point spread, you guys said. I certainly don't think. I'm, I'm going to take the Buccaneers here to go down into Big D and beat the Cowboys. Wow. Well, Fred, I hope you're right, and I, I wavered on this one a little bit, but in the end I wrote down my exact words, sadly, Cowboys. So, yeah, i got to go Dallas, unfortunately. But I hope I'm wrong. Well, here's what we're going to do, because uh, we got two games to make up over somehow Jim Chesco leading the picks. <laughs> I'm going to go Tampa Bay, too. Tampa Bay's just not very good. Um, but – the Dallas defense for Sean Lee back worries me a little bit. They're going to be they're going to be solid over there. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with Tampa, but I'm I'm reaching. I just can't pick Dallas. All right, Giants at Indianapolis. The Colts minus nine. The Giants stink. We might have said that sometime before. Go ahead, Fred. Giants stink. They have weapons. They seem to be be playing more together though, like a team. And uh, if the spread was closer, I may consider the Giants, considering the Colts are due for, due for a loss here or a bad game. But no way. I, I got the Colts here. Colts are going to win this one. Yeah, the Giants had a little uh, thing going for a while, but uh, I think they're going to pack it in now. Uh, Colts win this one. Colts win this one. I'm with you. Texans at the Eagles. Eagles minus two. Mm-hmm. Now up to two and a half. Now that spread before the Rams game was plus three and a half. After the Rams game was a pick'em, and now we're up to two and a half. So mm-hmm. Vegas betting wise, that's that's showing the the Eagles, and the money at least is going to the Eagles. And um, you know, I the the Texans their offensive line is is not good. You know, they give up the most sacks in the league. I think it's fifty two. The Eagles defensive line played. In my opinion, Foles played good, uh, but the reason they won the game is the defense. And the defensive line uh, was able to, to – even though they didn't technically sack um, Goff, they were putting pressure on him and they made him uncomfortable. I think that's going to be the case this weekend as well. I think we're, we're going to put pressure, maybe send a blitz or two, and, and I think the Eagles are going to eat this one out in a close one, maybe like 2017 birds. Wow. All right, here's my take, guys. The Wentz wagon is on the fritz right now, but the Foles freight train is all tuned up and ready to roll again. He and the Birds just beat the Rams on the road, so why the heck can't they beat the Texans at home? The Lynx's going to be buzzing Sunday afternoon, and the Eagles are going to keep those hopes alive. Let's go with this one. Eagles 27, Texans 20. Good. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm going Eagles, too. I'm going to go 24-20. Uh, but you better block J.J. Watt because he's really, really good. And if you've never seen him play live, he's fun to watch. He's uh, yep. he, he's a real player. And, and so is Deshaun Watson, Fred. I think I got you onto him last year when I got to see him live. Uh, he, he He's a good player, so they've got to contain him. And uh, Bill O'Brien's done a nice job down there in Houston now that he's got uh, a player like Watson. Hey, one more thing before uh, before we talk a little Sixers. I want to catch you guys' uh, thoughts on Jason Kelsey, Malcolm Jenkins not making the Pro Bowl. Lane Johnson didn't make it. Uh, they're alternates. Uh, Jason Peters probably shouldn't deserve it. He's, he's still better than most, but not playing up to Jason Peters' level. What do you think about those guys not making a Pro Bowl? Probably well, I'll, 
I'll tell you what I heard Ray Dinger say today, and I agree entirely with what Ray said. Jason Kelsey's had an up-and-down year, so he probably doesn't deserve it. I don't watch you know, every offensive lineman in the league, certainly, but just from seeing Kelsey, he's had an up-and-down year. He's been good sometimes, not so great some other times. But, yeah, Malcolm Jenkins has had, I think, a really solid season, especially given all the injuries in the secondary. Jenkins has had to step up and you know, cover for those guys. So Jenkins, in my mind, was the real snub. Right. Yeah, I think they they made the right call on both of them. I think Kelsey has had, like you said, an up and down year. He's played well. He's he's a lot. He has some penalties there though that that would have been considered holds. I, I think he has a stat that he has um, what zero sacks given up to the center spot, but some of them were holds. And then as far as Malcolm Jenkins goes, he is having a good year, but the way the Eagles secondary is playing, I I just think as far as when you when you look at the Eagles and you see where they're ranked secondary wise no one would, would vote for him because obviously they're not a good secondary. So that's why I think he, he kind of didn't get in there. All right. The other, the other interesting point I thought about the Pro Bowl, not, not to do with the Eagles, but how about the centers in the AFC, if you didn't notice? The number one center is Marquise Pouncey of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the number two center is Mike Pouncey of the Los huh. Angeles Chargers. How about that? Well, you really studied those, you studied those Pro Bowl rosters, Bill. Uh, well, the only reason I looked at the Pounceys is because they are from Lakeland. They played Lakeland uh, High School, yeah. and, I, and I coached against those two jokers. I can tell you oh. they were pretty good in high school. There you go. One of them went to Florida, uh, right, for college? They, they both did. They both they did. Both they, did. We, played against them. we played against them one year, and the next year they were both starting up there uh, with Tebow. They were, they were in the Tebow era uh, at Florida. So that's why I've, I've kept a close eye on those guys. All right, hey, Chet, let's talk Sixers. Well, if we're going to talk Sixers, Bill, we've got to do something else first. That is One, this. Two, three, four, five, Sixers. Then nine, eight, seven, Sixers. Now we can talk. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to tell you, it looked to me like the Sixers switched into neutral this week and went into cruise control. You know, maybe a third of the season rest week or something. I, I wasn't really impressed with what I saw this week. Yeah, very disappointing week, Bill. They lost two straight at home when Jimmy Butler was out. They played a crappy first quarter in Cleveland on Sunday before figuring things out, winning that one, only to get blown out the following night in San Antonio. I don't, I don't know what the reason was, but going one and three, no matter who the competition is, is unacceptable. Fred, what say you? You hit the nail on the head. They, they just didn't show up, and they're just coasting. And the reason, there, I think there's a lot of reasons for it, but they're, they're definitely coasting. They were coasting anyway. And um, the game plan's not there. The, I, I think the message from the coach is starting to to go in one ear and out the other. But that's that's just that's my good. personal take on it. What mm. do you say, Bill? Well, I, you know, I guess one of the questions that I have now, all of a sudden, the big, you know, Butler's out of game and Bead's out of game, and now all of a sudden, the the word is we got depth issues. Uh, we don't have depth issues when everybody's playing. You use one guy and you don't have a bench. Uh, I'm not following that, Fred. The depth issues come into play that when when they take any one of them guys out, and this this shouldn't be the full reason they're losing. But you know, I, they, I think a lot of people got overly excited about. You know, we got the three stars, but T.J. McConnell, he's not a a backup point guard in this league that can play 15, 20 minutes. There's a reason why. He was undrafted and basically got on a roster because they were tanking and built his way up. He's more of an energy guy to come to just come off the floor. So 
whether we have depth or not, the defense is an issue because we can't guard the opposing team's guards. And if you have, I think even Embiid made the comment, I don't know why every other opposing guard, look, we make them look like a Hall of Fame all-star. So something along them lines, I'm paraphrasing, but defensively is, is the issue. And then, and then the, the attitude is starting to come into play as well. I, I really think that they're like, they're having an issue with Brown. It, Embiid has said more than a couple times out loud that he doesn't like where he's on the court and what's being coached. I read an article the other day that the Sixers are practicing from the four-point line, which is a, a way to, to show spacing, but they don't even have three-point shooters, and, and they're practicing to shoot from farther out. There's just a lot of, a lot of question marks right now. But Another thing is J.J. Redick hasn't shot all that well in a lot of games recently, and he's, he's a guy that they have to count on, and he hasn't played as well as he should have lately. Uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, they've got a lot of big games coming up. They're playing the Knicks right now, of course, but then they have the Raptors on Saturday in Philly. Then they play a Christmas Day game up in Boston against the Celtics, which uh, I'll be watching, spend a little time watching hoops on Christmas. And then they go out west for a, a bunch of games. So uh, tough road to hoe over the next couple of weeks for the Sixers, and we'll see what they're made of. Yeah, uh, it's really going to be interesting. And I think uh, the, the key to coaching these pros is not coaching their talent. It's coaching their egos. And, you know, everything was all good when Embiid was the man. And now Jimmy Butler is a little bit of the man. And maybe there ain't enough room for two men. You know what I mean? So uh, Brett Brown's got his uh, got his hands full on this thing, I think. I hear that. But then at the same time, it's like, we we all yell at Embiid for being out at the three-point line, but I think he hears that on Twitter and social media, and he agrees with it. So he wants to be the man, but I don't I don't think it's a him-Jimmy Butler thing. I think it's more of a, why am I out here? I'm a dominant center. Get Find a way to use me on the block and stop running this offense that's predicated on jacking up threes when I'm not, I'm not a three-point shooter. I'm a center, and I worked on my post game all off season. I'm dominant, so why why am I standing out here? Why what? Because you don't have the roster that has three point shooters around, and you continue to run that offense. It seems like, and I've been complaining about this before, like two three years ago. You know, when he's running an offense not based around the talent he has, he's just putting uh, what's it the round peg in square hole, and when they're making shots like they were last season on that run with Bellinelli and Urson. Yeah, it looks unbelievable to run down the floor. But when the stop when the shots don't fall, there's no offense. He has no half court offense. There's no sets. And that's why they were exposed against Boston because Boston's coach, Brad Stevens, is a good coach and understands that and exposed all their matchups. So I hear the ego thing, but I, I think it's more than that. I I really do. All right. Well, let's see how it plays out. Fred, we appreciate you joining us. Let's do it again next week and uh, have a great Christmas with you and your family and uh, say hello to everybody for me. Same to you. Merry Christmas, guys. See you, Fred. All right. All right, Chet, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance on winning something they might not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They've continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly sports teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 
one in 21. Pretty good. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC118RASROOM. That's right. PPCC118RASROOM on Facebook. Yeah. All right. And Chet, who is coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Well, next week, Bill, even though it's the day after Christmas, we will be here with a brand new live show, and we have a gift to all our listeners, as we'll be joined by the radio and TV star, best-selling author, playwright, Hall of Fame football writer, and super nice guy, Ray Didinger, to talk Eagles and more. First time we've had Ray on with us since early May, believe it or not. It's about time we got him back. Also joining us next week to talk Sixers will be the co-host of the Brothers MC podcast, Matt McClure. So we got Ray Diddy and Matty Mack. There you go. We're looking forward to it. Both are great, and uh, it'd be good stuff coming from both those guys. Yeah. All right. Well, Chet, uh, we're getting close to the end. Do you have a parting shot tonight? I, I don't believe I do because there's not a lot of crap we missed. All right. Well, Bill, I did this in 2015 and last year, 17. So let's do it again this year. I'm a few days early, but Seinfeld fans know that December 23rd is Festivus, a holiday of sorts that includes feats of strength and airing of grievances. And like any Philly sports fan, I have plenty of those. So here goes. The last two springs, I was excited about the many young arms the Phillies had set to go in their rotation, but other than Aaron Nola, I was largely disappointed with those young arms. I won't be fooled again. Sign a damn free agent starter, and please have him be better than Jake Arrieta was the second half of 2018. The Flyers have been searching for a true number one goalie for about as long as Fred Hugo has been on this earth. Please let Carter Hart be the real deal. I don't want to again have to be sold on guys like Sean Burke, Michael Neuvert, or Cal Pickard. I'm over that. Please, Carter, be the real deal. This is pretty much an exact repeat grievance from a year ago. It's about Ben Simmons. Ben, you're an abundantly talented guy, a potential triple-double many nights, yet you're still afraid to even attempt a single 15-foot jumper. Ridiculous. We've seen you shoot them in pregame shoot-arounds. Throw one or two up in the game, please. And finally, the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Still, you can look it up. So why are so many people ticked off about this 500 season here nine or ten months later? Calm down, everyone. Admit it. You said a year ago at this time, give me that one Super Bowl title, and I'll be perfectly fine with a few bad years after that. You lied. Happy Festivus and Merry Christmas. <laughs> all right. And what's hey, that, Bill. Oh, I am. What's that? Yeah. You said you don't have a parting shot, right? No. Go ahead. Okay, well then we have another 20 seconds of the Brian Setzer Orchestra. There you go. There you go. Well, and with that, my parting shot, the little bit that I did have, was to say Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Chesco, and your family. I hope it all goes well. I will be uh, making a little trip myself this Christmas. And uh, so when you hear me next Wednesday night, Chet, you will be hearing me from Vegas. Ooh, nice. How about that? So with that, we've reached the top of our hour. Again, we want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all our listeners. Let's thank our special guests tonight, Bob Brookover, Fred Hugo, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance of Westchester for their continued support of the show. 
For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoy the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, December 26th at 7 p.m. You can listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or you can find our podcast on iTunes and TuneIn. Merry Christmas and high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Go Birds! Everybody loves me. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.